0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled, He Still Moves Stones, that's diving into the miracles of Jesus found in the book of John. God did miracles then, and He still does them now. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. Welcome to Easter 2015 New Hope Church. I am so glad that you are with us today, and as you can tell, I chose to start this message in a cemetery Because I know of no better place to start the Easter message Than in a cemetery Most of you know that I am fond of tombstones and graveyards And I know that's freaky for some of you But the reason I like them is because they remind me of my own Mere mortality But also cemeteries remind me that God is going to have The last word and it is going to be good you know I can remember being a young boy of eight years old and one of my favorite television shows was Superman I remember as an eight-year-old Christopher Reeve and his supernatural powers I remember him blocking rivers with boulders in his own street I remember him lifting up cars I remember Superman flying around the globe at supersonic speed To reverse certain tragic events and you know even though i enjoyed that show i believe as a young boy i just kind of knew deep inside that it wasn't real 10 years later at the age of 18 i encountered jesus christ he wrecked my life saved my soul and gave me purpose and meaning and hope and for the first time i truly encountered A super God-man who was able to do the impossible. And that is what the message of Easter is all about. Open up your Bibles if you have them, your telephones or your tablets, whatever the case may be. And go to John chapter 20. And I want to read this unbelievable Easter message as we get into this series, He Still Moves Stones. John chapter 20 verse 1. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. You know, I just noticed that. The other disciple outran Peter. Peter must have been slow. Or maybe Peter needed a sermon series like Choose to Lose. I don't know, but it's an interesting little nugget in the text that that Peter gets outrun by this other disciple. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Verse 15. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And that is what happened to me at the age of 18 when I saw and experienced the Lord for the very first time. And I am actually so hopeful about the series that we are getting into today called He Still Moves Stones. The title of the series actually comes from this passage where God rolled away the stone and raised Jesus Christ to new life and I want to ask you as we begin this series today where do you need God to perform some modern day miracles for you where do you need God to show up and do the impossible because Easter reminds us every single year that our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever hope or imagine again I ask you where do you need God to show up. Because here's what I know about God's grammar. God's grammar is very different than ours. You see, we have a tendency to put a period where God just might wanna put a comma. When we lay people to rest in a cemetery, we have a tendency to put a period. God sometimes says, you know what? I'm gonna put a comma there. Likewise, we sometimes have a way of putting a comma where God wants to put a period. And what I'm asking you to do in this series, starting today, right here, Easter 2015, I'm asking you to tap into the deepest desires that you have in your heart. Areas where you might have given up on God. I'm gonna ask you to confront some dormant disappointments that maybe you've had in your past. And as a result, you find it very difficult to trust God, to unleash His power, And perform miracles in your life. God is going to do a great work in and through this series. I believe that and I'm gonna challenge you every step of the way to leap out by faith, to muster up the courage, to exercise your trust in God and ask God to do miracles in your life. We're gonna have prayer walls at every single campus. You're going to be encouraged every single week to write down your prayer requests, to go to a prayer wall. This takes courage. And slip a prayer request, a miracle request, into a prayer wall asking God to do a great work in your life. It's Easter, church. It's Easter. And the message of this season is that God is able to do the impossible. Let's go get this. God is able. Welcome to New Hope Church Easter 2015. How we doing church? You guys doing good? Welcome to New Hope Church. If you're a guest, my name is Benji. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm so thrilled that you are in the house of God today. We are a multi-site church, which means we are one church, many locations. So I want to welcome the Columbia campus, the North Raleigh campus, the Garner campus, the Sanford campus, the North Carolina Correctional Institute. We have a campus in a women's prison, the internet campus, the coffee house campus that's going on upstairs right now, the Kenya campus, and last but not least, those of you sitting in the main worship center at the Durham Central Campus. Hey, would we just celebrate everybody and welcome all the campuses. If you're sitting there and you're going, man, I think his voice is, uh, hasn't awakened yet no that's not the situation my voice is about gone and i need you to pray for me because i have a lot of services left to do today and i'm going to ask you to pray for me will you do that pray for me as i preach and i will pray for you as you receive the message and uh, the word and i am just so glad you are here hey how many of you how many of you grew up in the traditional church Like, you know, the the traditional church. How many of you have been to an Easter sunrise service before or an Easter service before where the pastor gets up and he says, He is risen? To which everybody else says, All right, you've been there, you've been there, done. And we've even done that here at New Hope Church. Um, I heard a story this week. It just really cracked me up. We have a family ministries pastor here named Genilee Joy Hurley. She is a riot. Life of the party. She's from Seattle. Her parents are pastors. But she didn't grow up in the traditional church. If you know anything about Seattle, they only got two Christians out there. <laughs> Slight embellishment. Um but they don't have traditional Christians. That's, so she didn't grow up in the traditional church. So God moved her to the East Coast before we hired her and she was at Mark Batterson's church in Washington, D.C., a great, great church, which by the way, Mark Batterson is coming to speak here next year for the Insight Leadership Conference, going to be off the chain. Anyway, I digress. So she moves to D.C. and she's at Mark's church and they're worshiping in Lincoln Memorial Auditorium and Mark gets up and he says, he is risen. Now remember, and Lee didn't grow up in the traditional church. So, Mark said, He is risen, and everybody else says, He is risen indeed. And at the same time, Ginny Lee goes, Holla! <laughs> now, I can't even quite get that high, but I thought it was cool because she brought it into the 21st century. So, we're going to try that today. Now, some of you, this is going to be a stretch for you. You've never said, Holla! But I'm going to test you today. You ready? He is risen. Now, y'all just went, holla. (laughs) Now, I'm the one with the jacked-up throat. I need you to go up a few levels. Ready? He is risen. (laughs) There you go. He is risen in the... Welcome to New Hope Church. We are glad you are here. And we are here, check it out, to celebrate an empty tomb. The empty tomb redefined. That's right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. The empty tomb redefines earthly existence as we know it the empty tomb communicates many things but it ultimately communicates that death no longer has the last word and we're going to celebrate it like there is no tomorrow right up in here today but before we do i want to ask you to push pause for just a moment and back up a little bit because i want to make sure we don't miss what made this possible in other words, one of my greatest fears in a church like ours, particularly because we've now grown so much that we have to have like 25,000 Easter services, we, we no longer can have a Good Friday service. We used to have Good Friday services. How many of you have been to a Good Friday service? Powerful. Powerful. And, and we could, about three years ago, we, we got to the point where we can't do that anymore because we've got to have so many Easter service, I mean Easter services, but it made me start to worry about this. If we are not careful, we can bounce up to the church on Easter Sunday like a bunch of bunnies and forget all about what he did on Friday. Hello. And what I wanted to make sure every single person understood here today, without the blood of Good Friday, without the sacrificial atonement of Jesus Christ and what he did for you and what he did for me on a blood-stained cross on a hill called Calvary, there would be no Easter. Easter. Now, if you're kind of new to the faith, I just want to take just a moment and unpack this for you because you might not understand this. But to understand Christianity, you don't start in the New Testament. You've got to go all the way back to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, I know it sounds barbaric and kind of strange. I know. I'm with you. But what they did in the Old Testament is they would sacrifice animals, particularly lambs without blemishes. And so the priest would sacrifice a lamb. He would go into the temple. Then he would enter into the Holy of Holies, where the blood from the lamb without blemish was offered up as an atonement for the people of God. Atonement, think about that word, at one. At one meant at one with God. The blood from the lamb without blemish was the sacrificial offering that gave them life. Because, see, they understood what you understand and that is there is life in the blood leviticus 17 would you read a verse of scripture with me today leviticus 17 let's read it out loud together ready go for the life of a creature is in the it's in the what church let's continue and i have given it to you to make an atonement for yourselves on the altar let's continue ready go it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. It is the what? See, we can't celebrate an empty tomb until we grapple with a blood stained cross. We can't understand. The resurrection of Jesus until we understand what his blood did for you on the cross. Again, for those of you who are kind of new to the faith, or maybe you don't even know anything about the faith, we are so glad you're here. Check it out. In the gospel, fast forward now to the gospel, when Jesus enters onto the stage of human history, he comes walking through first century Palestine. They look at him in John's gospel and they say, Behold the Lamb of... Who does what? Who takes away the sins... Of the world, Jesus was the ultimate Lamb without blemish, the perfect God man sent from God the Father who shed his blood for you. So I'm inviting you today to come on a journey with me. We're going to take you on a little journey. We're not going to start with the empty tomb, we're going to start with the cross. And the way we're going to do that is we're about to sing a song over you. And when I say we, I mean them. (laughs) Thanks be to God. We're going to sing an old song. Some of you might have heard this before. It's an old spiritual. Were you there? Ooh. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they hung him on a tree? And then we're going to show you a video. I want to warn you. I want to warn you. Okay? Buckle your seatbelts. The video, R-rated. It's why we have adult services here. This is an adult-oriented service. It's R-rated because the passion narrative was R-rated. See, what we've done in the church, unfortunately, is we've had this tendency to kind of make the most dramatic divine narrative of all time, which was bloody and brutal. And it was a fight against good versus evil, light versus darkness, God versus Satan. And we've turned it into a little G-rated movie. We've kind of declawed the Lion of Judah. And I want to let you know, this video is one of the most powerful videos I have ever seen produced by our productions team. We didn't buy this thing on the internet. They've been working on it for months. Traveled around the southeast to make this video. Buckle your seatbelts. It's incredible because we're going to go to the cross first so that we can rightly celebrate the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Last thing and then I'm done for now. Three weeks ago, we celebrated Holy Communion here. You might have been here. It was awesome. Um, I sat up here. I broke the bread, lifted the cup, and we had Holy Communion and all the campuses did it at, at their campus as well. Rich, rich time of fellowship. When the service was over, I was walking through the rotunda to go to the fireside room where I meet guests. And I'd love to meet you today if you're a guest. I'm going to the fireside room and I see a friend of mine. His name is Steve Thompson. He's actually in this service. Steve Thompson is coming from the restroom. Now what you need to know about Steve, he's a friend of mine. He's on the personnel team of this church. And Steve always dresses to the nines. I mean, he he looks like the preacher around here, if you know what I'm saying. Not me. And, and, Steve, and Steve on this day had a white Argyle sweater on. Dress pants, I mean, typical Steve Thompson, sharp, sharp, sharp. But as we start to crisscross in the rotunda, I notice on his white sweater a drip string, if you will, of grape juice that had just drizzled all the way down his white sweater. Now, I'm friends enough with Steve to give him a hard time about it. And we start joking and laughing around. I said, man, what happened? He goes, dude, you told us. He didn't, he didn't use the word dude. He doesn't talk like that. He goes, man, you told us to kind of reflect on the gospel before we received it. And he said, I had a bottle of water in my hand. And, and I had the, 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 the little cup of juice right there. And I was reflecting on it all. And I forgot that I had the wine juice in the little cup. So I took a swig of my water. And it went, Phew! No, I laughed at him and kept picking on him. But then later that week, I spent the time with the Lord kind of getting ready for Holy Week. And the Lord spoke to my heart. It was as if God said, you know, the truth is we should all be forever reminded. We should all be, if you will, permanently marred by the blood of Jesus. We shall never Bounce up to Easter and celebrate resurrection without remembering. And sometimes we need a reminder. We should be permanently marked, if you will, by the blood of Jesus and what he did for us on Good Friday. Welcome to Easter 2015. God is with us. Amen. Sit back and let the Lord speak to your heart. mistaken me as only the bringer of life but i tell you that i am also the bringer of death the only way death can be defeated is by death itself i took all filth all hatred and all sin upon me through the cross i became death itself i am here not to accept death but to overcome it <laughs> Send me to condemn you, but to save you through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, Tell everyone life has begun. So the truth is, Easter and Holy Week doesn't really just begin with an empty tomb, it begins with a brutal, bloody, Sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And it is only through that death, only through that blood that came from the Lamb of God, through which one's sins can be forgiven, which is then capstoned, if you will, by the resurrection of Jesus. Romans 6.23. I want to teach you a great verse today. If you don't have your teaching notes out or your Bible, you might want to turn to this passage with your phone or your tablets. But Romans 6.23 unbelievable verse of scripture let's read it out loud together it is the verse that kind of brings it all together ready go for the wages of sin is but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord one more time really strong i want this to sink down deep into your soul ready go for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life In Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, our our Lord. The wages of sin is what, church? That's Good Friday. The wages of sin is death. Hopefully you've grappled with that a little bit today, and hopefully you are reminded of the fact that, listen to me, church, your sin, my sin, nailed him there. He paid that price for you. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? What? wages of sin is death. That's the cross. The gift of God is eternal life. That's the empty tomb. In John's gospel, which we're going to be studying for seven weeks, the miracles of Jesus. In John's gospel, in John chapter 11, Jesus would actually pull the disciples aside and he would teach them who he was. Now, I'm certain they didn't fully understand it yet. Remember, this is John chapter 11. The, the end of the story has not been written yet. But in John chapter 11... The Bible says this. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the what? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then Jesus asked this question that I want to ask you today. It's not really a question from me. It's a question from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Do You believe this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? This declaration of Jesus that he makes about himself, listen to me, is really the unique claim that sets Jesus apart from every other world religious Leader, The fact that the tomb is empty puts Jesus in a class all of his own. And you might be here and you're kind of new to this whole Christian life, but I want to let you know that Christianity is not built on the foundation of a philosophy. It is not built on a code of ethics. It has nothing to do with what you have done or what you will do. Christianity is built on... On the foundation of an empty tomb. Whereby Jesus Christ defeated death once and for all. And the fact that the tomb is empty changes absolutely everything. I was traveling this week. I can't believe I was doing this this week. I was visiting colleges with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Where does the time go? Our three big kids, they're sophomores and then a junior. So they're not quite going yet. But, you know, hey, we want to go ahead and get them out there. And they wanted to see some schools. So we went out there. And the two little ones, just they just tagged along, if you will. We were in South Carolina. And we came up on this bridge. And there was some graffiti on the bridge. And I noticed it right away. I recognized that the artist had drawn an empty tomb. And I thought, that's cool. Then the artist had written out beside the caption. Now get ready. This is South Carolina, I remind you. But the, but the, but the caption beside the empty tomb was this. He ain't there. <laughs> that's awesome. And I thought to myself, man, that's some poor grammar. But that's good theology. Come on, church. He ain't there. He ain't there. He... He's alive, and that sets Christianity completely apart from anything else. If the tomb is empty, all bets are off. Or should I say, if the tomb is empty, all bets are on Jesus Christ. Come on, church. If God did not move the stone and raise the corpse, it all ends for you and me when we die. But if he ain't there he is set apart from every other world religion or every other world leader on the planet. Several years ago, Bono, um, Bono if you don't know who Bono is, Bono is this unbelievable lead singer for YouTube. He's also a global crusader against world poverty. He's a great, great man, great, great uh, singer, musician. Bono was being interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. <clears throat> Are y'all praying for my voice? Bono was being interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, Bono's always kind of been a little veiled, kind of been a little secret on, you know, whether he's a Christian or whether he's not. But I believe you look at his life and if you read closely between the lines, I believe Bono knows Christ. I'm just going to go ahead and go public on that. And and when I get finished with this, I think you'll probably see the same thing. So the interviewer kind of kept trying to corner Bono kept trying to probe him and poke him and I think the interviewer was trying to get him to come out against Christ and the interviewer for Rolling Stone asked Bono this one question he says hey Christ has his rank among world's greatest thinkers but son of God isn't that too far-fetched the lead singer of U2 actually said this quote you're going to see it on the screens he said no it's not too far-fetched to me Look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet who had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets. But they, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. Listen closely, church. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off the hook. Christ says, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't you call me a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. And people say, no, no, no. Please, please, just be a prophet. A prophet we could take. Bono ends with this. So what you're left with is either Christ was who he said he was. The Messiah. (laughs) Or a complete freaking nutcase. reminds me of c.s lewis who said jesus was either lord liar or lunatic who do you say that he is who do you say that he is do you believe that he is the lord of life do you believe that he died on a blood-stained cross for you? Do you believe that God the Father raised him from the dead? And it is this question again, not that I'm asking you, but that Jesus is asking you today that demands an answer. Listen to me, the answer changes everything. This is the litmus test, and it is as real today as it was back then. On God's final exam, there is only one question. Are you listening? There is only one question do you believe this it is not multiple choice it is not true false do you believe this and here's the great thing about the final exam it's open book he lets us know the question is whether you're going to believe the book Romans 10, 9. Would you read one final verse of Scripture with me? Put this to memory. Oh, my Lord. Ready? Go. If you confess with your that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be what? Saved. You'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth, believe Where? in your heart, then you will be saved. One story and I'm done today. Hey, many of you might have seen this, and I don't know how many boxing fans we have in the house, but it was several years ago, um, Layla Ali, that name should ring a bell. Her daddy was the greatest of all time. I'm talking about Muhammad Ali. And I don't know if you've seen Layla Ali, but she's kind of getting popular these days. She's been on several news shows in the morning and stuff. She's a, she's a tall, sharp, attractive, confident African-American woman. Well, she's retired from boxing. She used to be a boxer. And Layla Ali was coming to the end of her career. And they scheduled her and tried to get her to accept it. And she finally accepted a fight in South Africa. Now, if you do know boxing history at all, you know that her daddy, Muhammad Ali also had a fight in South Africa it was called the rumble in the jungle well Layla Ali accepted the invitation to go over there and fight And um, so as the fight got closer and closer the trash talk began because boxing and trash talk go hand in hand kind of like basketball and trash talk go hand in hand hey I'm moving on I'm moving on I'm not even going there. I just was making a connection. <laughs> you guys are funny. So the trash talk began, right? And the critics, man, the critics started coming down on Lala, Lala Ali. They start saying, you don't belong here. You aren't good enough. The only reason you're getting invited to this unbelievable fight in South Africa is because your daddy fought in South Africa. You aren't good enough. You don't belong in this ring and you're going to get knocked out. Well, as the fight got closer and closer and it finally got to the day of the fight, Layla Ali is in the corner and her trainers gather around her and they say, Layla, we've heard the critics like you've heard the critics. You're going to go into this ring and you're going to win this fight. And the reason you're going to win this fight is the very same reason they are saying you're going to lose this fight. You're going to win this fight because the spirit of your daddy is in you. And Layla, I want to remind you that your daddy was the greatest of all time. Ding! Fight started. Layla walked out into the ring. She not only knocked the sister out, bam! She knocked the sister out in less than a minute. (laughs) Bam! Lights out, baby. Game over. Now, I'm here to remind you today, somebody's going to go to work tomorrow, and you feel like you're up against the enemy, and you feel like you're fighting against the enemy. And I want to remind you that the same spirit that is in your daddy is in you. (laughs) I want to remind you, for those of you who are going off to fight the critics and the pundits who say, you can't become this. Or you can't become that. Those of you who are going off this week and you're going to fight the battles of classism, sexism, racism, your own personalism. I want to remind you, if you are a child of Easter, that the same spirit that is in your daddy is in you. And I don't know if you made the connection left yet, but let me break it down for you. Your daddy was in a rumble. And he might not have been in a rumble in a jungle in South Africa. But your daddy was in a rumble on top of a mountain called Calvary. They later called it Golgotha, the place of the skull. Sounds scary, doesn't it? Your daddy went there and your daddy was criticized. Your daddy was beaten. Your daddy was mocked. Your daddy was bruised. Your daddy was spit upon. Your daddy was crucified on a cross where they raised him high and they stretched him wide. And Satan smiled when he died. And darkness fell on the earth. But right about then, the referee said, He's dead. It's Friday. One. All day Saturday, no heartbeat, flatline. Dead. Referee said, two. Sunday came and Jesus wasn't up yet. Referee said, three. But sometime on Sunday morning, Jesus Christ raised from the dead and he is alive for you and you and you and you. Your daddy, your daddy, your daddy, your daddy is the greatest of all. standing stay standing those of you who have not stood yet i invite you to stand your daddy defeated death he was not a victim he was a victor he went to the cross for you he bled he defeated death on that first easter and the same spirit that is in your daddy is available to every single person do you know him do you believe this let's pray oh father we thank you for the Easter story God I thank you for the believers in the house who are ready to just explode now in worship they're ready to celebrate you and all that you've done in their lives. And God, Easter just brings it out of us. God, I thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ who've gathered here today, God. And they they know you and they can answer you, Lord Jesus. When you say, do you believe this, it is emphatically yes. Not only do we believe it, we've shaped our entire lives around it. And God, we want to worship and celebrate. But the last thing we want to do is leave this moment right here, right now, when there might be people among us who say, you know what, I want to believe them. I want to receive Jesus today as the Lord and Savior of my life. If that is you today, maybe it's for the first time, maybe, maybe there was a time when you did know Christ and you received his Lordship and maybe you've wandered away and today... As this mere man has been trying to preach the gospel to you, something has happened inside of your soul and in your spirit. And you want to respond and say, yes, Lord, yes, I believe, yes, I receive. If that is you today with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you to do something bold in just a moment. I want to ask you to put some action with your commitment. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I'm not going to ask you to tell us your name. No, 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 no. The lights are down. This is between you and God. But I'd like to pray for you. And so on the count of three, if you want to receive Christ today and you want to proclaim, I believe. I want the gift of eternal life. I want my sins, for they are many to be forgiven. If you want to receive Jesus today, you need to hear this, beloved. One, He loves you. He loves you, and He came from heaven to earth for you. Two, I want you to know that He died on a blood-stained cross for you. He spread wide His arms, and He says, "I love you this much." And three, Easter Sunday morning, Jesus raised from the dead. One, two, three. If you want to receive Him, just lift your hands right where you are right now. Just raise them up. Just raise them up high. Oh my Lord, just raise them up. Raise them up. I want to be able to see. I see you down front. I see you. I see all of you in this far section over here. Keep them up high. I see you guys back there behind the tech booth. I see you folks in this section here. Raise them up high. Yes, I see you, sir. Thank you for making eye contact with me. I see you, ma'am, sir, 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 ma'am. I see you way in the back. I see all of you down front here. Pray, church, pray, church, pray, church. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Keep your hands raised. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these men and women who have raised their hands today and, and they desire salvation from you. God, thank you that it's all about you. It's nothing that they can do. It's nothing that I can do. All we can do is receive it. It's a gift. But to open up the goodness of a gift, we have to receive it. So God, I thank you for all these hands here today. If that's you, just say a simple prayer in your heart that would say something like this. Lord Jesus, you asked if I believe. And today I want to declare Easter 2015, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that that you died on a cross I believe that you rose from the dead and I believe that you will give me abundant life here and now and when I die later I will not die but I will go to a place called heaven with you and all the saints forever I answer your question today Lord Jesus emphatically yes I believe and I receive this gift and I receive you as the Lord of my life come into my life today come into my life to stay, Lord Jesus. Give me the resurrection power and the Holy Spirit to live all my days for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And let the whole church together with our new brothers and sisters in Christ say together, amen. 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 Yeah, let them know, church. Let them know. Let them know. Wow. Hey, we love you guys at all the campuses. I'm going to turn it back over to the campus pastors and the worship leaders. You're in good hands. We love you. Happy Easter. I'm going to invite our team back out. Who's ready to celebrate? Hey, don't go leaving. We only got one song, but oh my word. You're talking about another song that just brings the whole gospel together. In the same way you started hooting and hollering and celebrating just a moment ago, I want you to carry that same worship right into this song right now as we end with one final song. And praise God for what he has done here today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family. And we hope you'll join us next week.